When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Quarterback competition. When we know, we will know. Baker's going to get the leg up, bro. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Well, Matt Rule is your betting favorite for first coach fire. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Is there such a thing? Oh, yeah. The Rich Eisen Show. I mean, that's absurd. Earlier on the show, ESPN senior writer Brian Wintours. Coming up, SEC commissioner Greg Sankey. Plus, Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program uh, that began one hour ago with the news that the NFL and the NFL Players Association and Deshaun Watson have come to an agreement and his six-game suspension from the 2022 season in the NFL is now an 11-game suspension, and the fine that uh, that uh, wasn't at all included in the initial six-game suspension, no fine at all, and now it's a $5 million fine with the Browns and the NFL chipping in $2 more million to go towards um, organizations to help prevent sexual assault. Those are the words in the headline of the uh, the the agreement between the sides and announcing today Deshaun Watson has spoken so is the general manager of the Browns and the owners of the Browns they have spoken um, and we are currently editing together the uh, sound bites from all of that and we will present them to you when we can in the meantime we have a lot of college football to discuss today uh, if you missed the my initial reaction to the 11 game suspension check it out on our YouTube stream it's already there youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, where this show can start uh, being seen starting Monday, by the way, from 12 to 3 Eastern as we are migrating migrating our way towards Roku. Um, NBC Sports on Peacock, we're going to talk about them in a little bit here with Greg Sankey, the uh, commissioner of the SEC, as uh, NBC Sports on Peacock, along with CBS, are new homes, along with NBC, of the Big Ten football and uh, we'll ask Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, who is, I, I'm, you know, with all due respect to um, Kevin Warren of the Big Ten, Sankey kind of runs the show, it seems like, right now in, in uh, collegiate football. Uh, as they added, Oklahoma and Texas was the biggest shot, if you will, across the bow of the uh, traditional world of college athletics just last year. So Greg Sankey will be joining us in about 20 minutes time right here on the program. We're going to talk about this with Greg Sankey as well. The this being what Pete Thamel of ESPN reported yesterday. Did you see this? The uh, the news, if you can put that tweet up, there it is. The presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoffs board of managers, the board of managers have met held a brief discussion on Monday about major college football operating under a governance structure outside of the NCAA. Now, then, what was I talking about when the Big Ten made where we're currently sitting, Big Ten country? <laughs> what, what did I mention when the SEC also added Oklahoma and Texas? I've been piecing this together for you. I even said it as far back as when the... Super League was formed and then disbanded across the pond, as I'm mandated to say as an American sports broadcaster when you're (laughs) talking about anything that happens in Europe and London. Across the pond. Um, I said that the Super League, where the top tier, if you will, of a sports organization tells the others who aren't as revenue-generating and successful... You know what? We're just going to create our own world. And I pointed out the spot that this could happen in the United States more than anywhere else was college football. Didn't see professional golf 
though, around the corner for that. But we'll place the live and the PGA Tour aside for the moment because we're just talking football here. And I said college football could do it. Where the top teams, the power, the top of the Power Five conferences, you know what? We're just going to create our own world. And didn't think the NIL would be the accelerant for that sort of thing when you've got Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban trading barbs and words within the SEC because of the NIL. Because there are no real rules to it. There's really no codification or no guardrails out there. I mean, you can talk about how it's not to be used as an inducement to, to come somewhere. It's supposed to be a reward for a spot where somebody already is. If your name is DeColdest, you can get yourself a deal with a local air conditioning place <laughs> yeah. in, in Nebraska. So now the nil is out there and maybe the schools can come out and say you know what would be better for all of us because we just can't figure out with 350 schools how to do it let's just get about you know I'll just throw a number out 64 of us together because <laughs> currently you got 16 in one spot and 16 in another spot the big 10 in the sec the big 10 today proving again this is professional sports with a new deal with our friends here at NBC and CBS to go along with Fox. $7 billion deal for the Big Ten. Think about it. $7 billion bucks are coming in. And what does that sound like? Like a major sports league. Except major sports leagues have to pay the people who are playing in the league money. These schools are bringing it in. They're bringing it in and sharing it among 16 members, and they don't have to pay the players. <laughs> That's it. I mean, this is unbelievable. And it's coming down the pike, and I I don't know. Maybe we should have a new segment where the drop is Robert De Niro from that scene in, in Goodfellas after the, the Latanza heist, and he told him, don't buy nothing. What did I tell you? What? what did what did I tell you? What did I tell you? I told you this is the way it's going to go where you're going to get a whole bunch of schools who are at the top of the class, to use the phrase, and they're just going to take their ball and they're going to go do it somewhere else. And they're going to do it through the college football playoff system. Why? Because that's separate from the NCAA, which doesn't know its rear end from its elbow if you pointed at the rear end with your elbow. <laughs> Can you? I mean, like that? Hey, like this? Yeah. Don't know the difference between the two. So why are we waiting for the NCAA to figure out NIL? Why are we waiting for the NCAA to do the transfer portal when we could just figure this out ourselves in a smaller subset, make more money, and go for it? Problem is, how do you make that happen? Well, you got to get the board of managers together. You look at the Pete Thamel article, and and whoever was kind of letting Pete know about this or how Pete heard about it, said they just talked about it for five minutes. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. Just five minutes. You know, maybe one of them was attempting to dye their hair, right? And they started the clock, dyeing their hair. Little JFM starts right now. <laughs> and, 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 and so here we go. Or, or, or it was like a little pardon the interruption for, of our meeting. You know, pardon the interruption of our agenda. Here's five good minutes. How about we start our own league? Huh? How about we do that? Oh, you know what? How does, how does that go? Okay, so we're all here. Uh, I'd like a point of order. Chris, you know, a point of order. Uh, point of order, Chris. Point of order. Point of order. Meeting has begun. What, so what you t- do, you, do they pound the table and then they, point? I think they sh- pound the table and, and then, then you, you literally point with a sharpie. Yes, with a sharpie. Very good. Thank you. I appreciate being recognized, yes. Lord. Uh, Lord Manager. Thank you, Lord Manager. Whatever you call yourself, Lord Manager. Thank you. Horizon of the Big Ten. Has Thank the you. Floor. I, you know what I'd like to do? Um, you know, I, maybe we just start our own league. How about this? Because you know the NCAA. What's the word? Hold on, let me look it up in my. How did my notes in my agenda sucks. <laughs> and so, what about what about using the college football playoff umbrella as uh, a way for all of us to get together 
we create our own playoff system. We create our own rules for the NIL. We'll create our own rules for um, for um, the transfer portal. We'll figure out our own rules for a schedule. You know, I'm you know I'm I, I, my, my school plays yours in different conferences. Your school, you figure out which schools from your conference get in. I'll figure out what schools from my conference get in. Or how about all of our conferences get in, and then we'll have kind of like a relegation, like they had across the pond for that super league that we were talking about. They were talking about we'll have relegation. You know, we're all in, but you, you, for you to be eligible for the college football playoffs, you've got to do a little bit better within your own conferences. You know what? We're out of time. Uh, we're only going to talk about this for five minutes. So, you know what? Let's table it. What else can we discuss other than the complete shattering of the norms of our sport? We're just, we're just throwing out. You just throw it out there in a meeting? What else we got to do? Huh? Uh, five minutes are up, guys. I'm sorry. Right, we gotta, we gotta oh, was keep, I on mute we this entire keep this time? Moving. We gotta I didn't know. Yeah, that somebody from the Big 12 is like, you're on mute. <laughs> it's like me with uh, my new button. Is right <laughs> oh, so just five minutes. Keep this moving. Right? Got to keep it moving. What else are we going to talk about? I got a tea time. I mean, we got to. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, seriously, like, I, I just love, we just casually brought up in this meeting where we can all make this happen. Totally reconfiguring the way college athletics and football is run, leaving the other sports, I guess, to figure it out for themselves. Because that's the thing. If you're going to create this league in football, you can't, like, you don't mess. College basketball is just fine. You've said it. That March Madness is unbreakable. Unbreakable. Leave that alone. Keep that. But college football, uh, I, I got uh, sliced bread talking about Texas A&M, and then Nick hears about it and talks to the people in uh, you know in Alabama about the NIL, saying that Texas A&M is buying players, and now suddenly, you know, Jimbo Fisher's showing up, you All know, right. saying hello to my little friend press conferences where he's just saying good night, everybody. I'm just gonna just empty the chamber towards Tuscaloosa. You want to play rough? You know, okay. and then all of a sudden, you know, one coach says this, the other coach says that. One kid says to another coach, I'd love to come here, but you got to match that half million dollar offer for what? Well, I'm supposed to get X, Y, and Z. Well, how do you know that coach is going to give you X, Y, and Z? Well, they said so. Like, that's what it sounds like the NIL world is right now. How do you corral it? Well, you just tighten the circle, just like in the playoffs. Remember Pat Riley used to tighten the rotation? That guy used to play from the ninth to 10th on the bench. Guess what? Nope. Hand in your playbook. I'm going with seven guys, maybe eight. That's the way this is going, folks. And a guy who's right in the middle of all it is Greg Sankey. So he's going to join us right here. And trust me, I'm saying this knowing my school's got a seat at the table. My school's got a seat at the table. I'm assuming, Chris, well, your newly adopted school, my basically. School, my school has a big seat, yeah. Yeah, Georgia's got. Georgia's cause, got. Because you've disavowed Syracuse entirely. Well, You're kind of going down the road of TJ. Which one of your, all your schools are in, right? I only got three. Well, your Penn State's in, Pitt's in. And Florida State. Yeah, they're all in. Yeah, you're good. You're taken care of. I take offense to being compared to TJ in this regard. Well, you why? should because here's why. Because at least I picked teams that I've had an emotional uh, attachment to. You went to Georgia, and they're really good. What so do you mean? I have an emotional attachment to that. Yes. What are you talking about? Okay, than, so what's the difference between you do? How, oh, really? Explain, mother, please explain how. Well, he's got he, he, the mother of his child. I get it, Rich. But if I've been rooting for these teams since the 80s, how much... So yeah, there's it's the no mother, emotional. It, it's the mother. It's the mother of his child. I get it, but let's have say you ever been get, to, have you separated. ever been to a game there at Penn State or Pitt? No, at Florida State. No, I've been to Florida State games, not in Florida. There you go. Oh, suddenly he's again. Oh, so now he's gonna because so I was because I was broke so back in the day and I couldn't afford to suddenly, travel. Like this, guy, this guy. Like, this guy. Like this guy. This guy. The son yeah. of a Coast Guardsman. You haven't been broke for 25 guy, years. You could have went to a game anytime. This guy, a military brat taken from spot to spot, spot yeah, around yeah. this great country, from Alaska all the way to Maine mm-hmm. and everywhere else. Try to shame me because he I goes afford to, Syrac- to go to Florida Hold State. Hold on a second. He goes to Syracuse, and he's a diehard orange. He went from the orange men to the orange. That's how long he's been a Syracuse guy. And then now, I mean, he's putting on a golf shirt. 
and a big old cozy in his hand, and he's dipping. Looking like oh, going to the hedges. He's going to the hedges. That's it's still ridiculous. I mean, I mean honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. He's got the he's got like those those khakis on going to the game. Going to Waffle House. Oh yeah, man. Bet. I've been to more Notre Dame games in the last twenty years, and he's been at any of those games in his life. I don't understand I what that Notre means. Game play every time they play Again, USC. Just, you're just inserting yourself into the conversation that we're that, having. Okay, Mike, well, I'll say fan, this. Back, it, go back in junior high, my best friend's family had pit season tickets. And so for, for three seasons, I went to pit okay, home games. So let me say, have you been to that many Notre Dame games in the last you're, 20 years? You're a pit fan then. I'll give you the pit fan. But like the other ones, you got to go. Penn State. You got to go to see the games. Hold on a second. First of all, Mike, everything with you kind of revolves around some type of financial thing. Now, let's just be honest. A lot of people might not be able to afford to go travel to see. Let me just chime in. Let me me just chime here on this subject. You know, go there. Like how many most people don't have that? Let me just chime in. Come on. Let me just chime in here. There are different tiers of fans when it comes to college. Okay. I bet you Mike can't name 10 Notre no, Dame no, no, players stop. in the last stop, 20 years. Stop, Don't worry about it. He's just trolling, okay? Mm-hmm. Just pay no pay no attention to that man who well, didn't hard. go to the school, okay? He controls so, my mic, so I have to pay attention. No, no. Exactly. There are college football fans. Show. There is no more <laughs> diehard of a college football fan than somebody who actually went to the school. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's it. No, that's okay, it. I, I that's it. You. you could sit here and I say, agree. I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan, and I'm a diehard Michigan fan, I but I will trump you every time because I went I to the school. You. I get okay. 100%. Now then, then you have the issue of can you be a diehard fan of multiple teams? Can you be that? That is just an age-old question that, TJ, as long as this show goes on, knock on wood, we'll never have the answer to. You, can, you will have the answer to because I'm showing you that. You can show it that. I've been showing it And I'll push it back too. on it. I'll push back. That's on it. fine. But here's the deal. How do we get on the subject matter again? I have no idea. Can I ask a question though? Because yesterday Michelle Monaghan sat in that chair. She didn't go to Iowa, and you kind of all fanned over the fact that yeah, she was going to go to Iowa. From <laughs> Iowa. She's... I'm from Pennsylvania, Chris. So like, then we're uh, talking about you liking like Florida State, yeah. Duke, and Georgia. And plus, she's Michelle Duke Monaghan. I respect this. I'm I'm more interested in what she has to say than what you have. That's to say. That's understandable too. I get that. Plus, she's also the guest. I see you I'm every just, day. I'm just saying that there seems to be a double right. standard. we got to be on time for the commissioner of the SEC. Peacock's like, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out after that conversation. <laughs> Can we swear in the next place, by the way? I didn't swear. I'm, what? All right, let's take a break right here. <laughs> let's take a break. Greg Sankey, everybody. get your. Can you get your uh, desk in a little bit uh, more yeah, sure. of a... Of a tidy up. house in order, guys. This is, we're going to the top of the flow chart here, man. Maybe an entire college football world. Greg Sankey coming up. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. I'm uh, on uh, Robert Evans' 86th birthday. Most handsome man on the screen of all time. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Right? Warren Beatty. We're going to put Warren Beatty up there. And me in the hat. Me and my rakish hat. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I, I don't want you to I don't get... Know. I'm going to get 1%. I don't, milk? Uh, it might be skim milk. Really? I think you might get less than 1%. All right. <laughs> Thank God he's on hold listening to this entire conversation. <laughs> he's one of the most powerful men in sports. <laughs> <laughs> on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Man at the cross-section of so much going on in the world of college athletics. The commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing well, Rich. Thanks. Good to be with you. Anything going on with you these days? Anything? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything it on your plate? Stop. <laughs> I showed up uh, at a place that I thought would be nice and relaxing for July Fourth weekend, and, yeah. and the world slipped on us a little bit. But, <laughs> hey, that's the way it rolls. I know that is that is the way it rolls. So uh, there is a couple of news items out there. I'd love to get your reaction to. Uh, and the first one is the piece that uh, Pete Thamel of the Worldwide Leader, ESPN, wrote that the presidents and chancellors who make up the college football playoff board of managers talked briefly Monday about moving major college football out of the NCAA and under a governance structure of the college football playoff. Is what do you what can you tell us about this? Yeah, well, from and I can speak from my perspective. That's been a a notion that's bubbled for a while. Uh, the college football playoff itself is simply a set of agreements to conduct a, a postseason to determine a national champion. Very uh, small structure, if you will, very specific task. And as people have observed and opined and commented on the future of the NCAA kind of globally, uh, I think it's responsible to think ahead. That doesn't mean something's imminent, but I think it's responsible to think ahead b- about what structures may be needed in the future to, to support effective intercollegiate athletics, and in this case, football being at the center of that conversation. Well, what would that look? I mean, what what part of the conversations that you've been involved in uh, uh, would would cause us to give us a little bit more shape to what you're thinking about? Well, I'm actually not one who advocates for this football-only structure, so okay. I guess I should have said that up front. I think it's enormously problematic uh, to think about a football structure and then look at really high-level young people and men's basketball, women's basketball, and my league baseball players who go first in the major league draft, uh, track and field athletes who we've had any number of young women kind of go one and done in track and field and then win Olympic gold medals like the same year. So I think it's it's going to be problematic uh, to say, well, we can do certain things and function in certain ways in football, but those of you who we value highly, we can't do this because we're in this other system. So, so fundamentally, uh, I'm not an advocate for that structure. I think we, we have a responsibility to try to reshape uh, the NCAA to make it a, a, a better functioning body, whether that can be achieved or not, I don't know. And on the backside of answering that question, mm. you then have to think forward. And wh- what the structure is, what the timing, what the possibilities are, I'm not in the middle of that conversation. You know, I sit and dream about it a little bit, but that's the extent of the, the thought on my end. Well, let me just chop it up a little bit more with you, uh, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner here on the Rich Eisen Show, is that just the when you look at what is occurring in the world of major college football with the NIL world in its second year, still in its infancy, toddling or not even toddling around. I mean, we're still crawling here right now with the NIL world, but it's going much faster than anybody thought that with that transfer portals and things of that nature, that parsing out or parceling out a smaller group of schools for football under which a certain much more manageable structure that you can all agree on for guardrails on those fronts, that kind of makes sense because it is so unwieldy to do it for all the member schools that you currently have. What are your thoughts on on that theory? A few observations. One, there is a greater good present. And 
as much as it pained me to to have St. Peter's beat Kentucky, that's one of those moments that's <laughs> yes. presented by the way we approach kind of a big tent. And I want to make sure that you understand there's a T on the end of the word tent. <laughs> yes. Um, approach. <laughs> now, that, that creates opportunity. That creates attention. Uh, it creates really this joy, uh, whether it's Maryland, Baltimore County, Virginia, uh, Bucknell, Kansas. We can go down, down the line. Uh, something really special. There is something special about that. So for all of the criticisms, there there is a, a really inherent value there. But uh, there are vast differences and disparities across what's labeled as Division I. Uh, are we able, across 350-plus universities, 32 conferences, uh, to support a more effective structure, to be more nimble in our decision-making, while still maintaining some connection? That's a difficult question to answer. And then that leads into really the, 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 the predicate for your question. And all of these changes and pressures and expectations and resources and TV and media uh, that are, are different, that, that, that create the need for us to continually adapt. I mean, those realities are almost bookends to the middle of the conversation, and we have to be wise and judicious in that conversation to make sure we support opportunities broadly and at a high level. But how, then how do how does one corral the NIL world then, Commissioner? I mean, well, there's there a couple I, realities there. First of all, I'm operating in a construction zone in my office. If you hear that noise in the background, somebody just decided to crank up the bandsaw. Oh, the progress. No problem. Progress, progress manifests itself in many different ways. You know, are you expanding? Is, are, are you expanding the SEC offices too? Is, it, is there expansion <laughs> well, going on there too? We're, we're certainly we're we're certainly reshaping live via radio. What Very good. In the SEC offices, so <laughs> just a beautiful moment, right, for you and me. No problem. Uh, so let's back up. What do we do about NIL? Well, first of all, we predicted much of the concerns that are are, are uh, being introduced now so some of these things yeah are they are, are they beyond our imagination um some aren't surprises uh so one we've talked publicly about if we want a national standard for doing just what i described a moment ago which is supporting these these championships these opportunities broadly we need a national standard around name image and likeness our student athletes are asking us for that i don't know if others are but the confusion the lack of clarity is important. If that doesn't happen, and, and trying to have Congress act on something is a challenge, then I think we'll be back in our state conversation within what will soon be a 12-state footprint to ask of our, our legislative leaders, uh, can you give us a common, te common template in our region that would be a leadership position for others? Um, and that will allow us uh, the opportunity to, to support what's special across the SEC. We would hope others would follow. Uh, what I think is difficult is we don't have any consumer protection. We don't have any oversight. We don't have any transparency right now. And, and if we dig into what's happening, people really have no idea beyond media reports and anonymous sources about what's happening in these agreements. And I'm concerned for our young people that, that many of them, in exchange for fifty dollars or $100,000, are signing something they don't understand that has much longer implications than just their collegiate career. And then, and then I guess at the granular level, you got two of your more high-profile coaches saying things about one another a few weeks ago. Did you call Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban after that happened and have a commissioner to coach chat in any way, shape, or form, Greg Sankey? Uh, we, we did have phone calls. Um, uh uh, and, yeah, uh, we had a, a chat. I did a lot of listening on one of those calls. One, I did a lot of of stating that um, we're not going to do that. And then is we're, we're not going to do things that way. And, and what I said to our coaches when we were together, mm -hmm. um, which was really a, an incredibly valuable meeting, I said, look, here's the deal. This is never going to be the way that it, that it was, this college football, college athletics. It's changing. I mean, you can make a list of things. In fact, you just did. But it doesn't have to be the way that it is. 
And, and what's not going to solve the problem is accusations, finger pointing, and complaining. What will help contribute to a solution is the people on the front lines, our head coaches in football, basketball, whatever sport, our athletics directors, our presidents and chancellors, thinking deeply about meaningful solutions, not simple solutions, meaningful solutions. And, and, and Rich, from that conversation, uh, our football coaches were great, talking about what's really happening, uh, helping us think through what, what they would need. We then went to a leadership council of, of student-athletes and asked them about their concerns and their realities, what's the good and bad of name, image, and likeness. And those are the kind of conversations we need, not this not this finger-pointing. You could add the Aflac duck kind of uh, uh, mediate that uh, conversation. What do you think between you and one of yeah, your coaches? What do you think? Sir, okay, that's one I hadn't considered. <laughs> I'm just trying to help. I'm just trying to help, yeah. Greg Sankey. I'm just trying hey, to help. I'm, I'm looking help. for solutions, so I'll take whatever. Well, I yeah, can. I don't know how helpful that duck. is, but I'm trying to help. Greg Sankey. You know, there's, the... a great, there's a great Ogden Nash poem about oh. the duck, so <laughs> that could serve as the basis for the, the introductory phase Look of the at meeting. That. Greg Sankey here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few minutes left with the SEC commissioner. So moments ago, you had mentioned the big tent. Uh, and how uh, and you pointed out in the world of college basketball and the men's NCAA tournament, some upsets and how we as sports fans love it, despite, unfortunately for you, you pointed out one of your member schools is on the business wrong end of that. Um, we don't really see that in the world of college football because it's just four teams playing in the college football playoffs. I mean, I would love to see maybe a 16 seed knock off a one in college football. Do you think we'll see that, Commissioner? I was on a, a, a group uh, that looked at a variety of scenarios, including 16 teams, and settled on 12. Uh, you'll recall that was advanced for conversation, mm-hmm. and there was uh, a pretty small group of, of leaders who said no. Um, and so here we are with four. Uh, whether we're able to re-engage, given current circumstances, remains to be seen. But I, I was uh, excited to, to introduce a 12-team playoff. And I think if you actually look through uh, the bracket idea that was presented by that subcommittee, the matchups created in the first round of that playoff, the second round all the way through to the national championship, it, it would be really exciting. It would provide some opportunities for upsets, a lot of opportunities for young people to access national championship competition. And so that, that one's really my focus, whether somebody wants to go bigger and better. You know, I have coaches who've opined about that. Um, uh, but I, I think there's something still around that 12-team playoff that we ought to be talking about for our future. Have any of those schools that balked at your 12-team um, proposal since knocked back on your door saying, how about that one? Can we put that back on the table? Have we? <laughs> That yeah, it was pretty interesting uh, during media days where all of a sudden everybody thought expanding mm-hmm. the playoff was a great idea. And and I, I shared in the aftermath of those public comments that, hey, it's one thing to stand behind a microphone and make those remarks. What we've learned is in a meeting room when it's time to cast a vote, that's when it matters. So that I think the answer to your question remains to be seen when we actually do gather up later this fall. I mean, things are just changing so fast, Commissioner. Again, I'm sitting here in Los Angeles. We could call that Big Ten country now, which I never thought I would ever say about the Big Ten. So let's remove the T from that Big Tent conversation you mentioned before. That's another piece of news that happened today, uh, is the Big Ten announcing their new media partnership and the number of windows and different partners that are now associated. I'd just love to place that in front of you if you care to comment on on what you thought of uh, the Big Ten's media strategy, Commissioner Sankey. Sure. You know, congratulations to our colleagues. I know there's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, They they certainly had an opportunity around the the termination of, of all of their media agreements. Uh, I actually think that we're incredibly well positioned. And I know, for example, uh, the number of eyeballs in Los Angeles and Southern California that tune into our games. And our future will transition uh, from involving CBS to actually having more uh, broadcast TV opportunities through ABC than we've ever had over the last two and a half decades. Um, In addition, 
the sophistication of ESPN's digital delivery will be a great asset for us, along with what we do in the SEC network. So uh, I'm excited about our future. Congratulate our colleagues and gives us the opportunity to roll up our sleeves and get back to work to make sure our, our future, including our financial opportunities are are second to none. Big Ten also in announcing those deals, Commissioner Sankey said they're not done expanding. What about the SEC in football? You know, I tried to really be responsible, and I think I was at our media days, to say when, when we moved a year ago with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, uh, it was done for the, the because it's the right kind of fit. They approached us philosophically aligned, cultural, culturally aligned with how we support athletics, our campuses, uh, our region. Um, and we're going to be very attentive to what others do. Uh, what I've not done is what I've seen others engage in, which is public speculation or commitments to continue to continuing to expand. Um, we, we, so we've had any number of incoming phone calls for those who have continued through this week, actually. Mm. Um, and so we're mindful of what's happening. Uh, we're, we're really proud of how we've positioned ourselves. And um, if the right opportunities were presented, um, we'd certainly have a meaningful conversation. But I'm not recruiting. Uh, there's a lot to do with, with uh, onboarding the two great universities to our 14 great members now. And that's really our focus, not expansion. And I think we all have a duty uh, to act and communicate responsibly, given given the, the discomfort, I think the tension, the disruption, the uncertainty that exists. And so uh, for me to be clear, we're not uh, in the expansion mode right now, but we're going to be prepared if um, circumstances dictate that we have to change our position. So that construction we overheard, that's not building that phone bank to receive all the calls that you're getting <laughs> from people who want yeah. to? You need to come down to the office. I'll give you a tour and you can see exactly uh, what it is. Uh, in. No, Absolutely. We, we expanded our conference room last summer. Uh, we can fit like 28 people around the table, mm-hmm. but that's not – we're not shooting for a number. Again, when we look back at Oklahoma and Texas, uh, the alignment around support of high-level college athletics, mm. um, the great universities, that and, and the geography fits for us. And that makes us both national and, and really internationally interesting to people. So we're excited about that future. All right, last thing for you, Greg Sankey. Uh, I'll ask uh, the question to you that um, – I think a lot of people are wondering that if we do move to or the the college football world moves to a larger um, conference and you just get a whole bunch of teams in a hat. And if the the school presidents do finally decide to do something that you say you're not really for anyway, but would you be up for or at least if the NCAA needs to be reformed running the whole enchilada? Would you be up for de- for that? I'm so, I know you're laughing, but somebody's got to do it. I mean, yeah. it, it, somebody's got to figure out this Rubik's Cube, and you are in a in a position, I think, to do that personally. But I'll just no, throw that out there and see if would that interest you, Greg Sankey? No, I, I appreciate the, the, really the compliment embedded in the question, but also mm-hmm. embedded in the question is a big little word, and that big little word is if. So a lot of ifs in there. I am uh, – Proud to, to have the role I, I have uh, to be commissioner of the Southeastern Conference for, for a kid born in Auburn, New York, and raised in that central New York area. Um, to be in this position is is a surprise in some ways. It's an honor and it's a great responsibility, and, and that's where I focus. You know, in a way, Rich, I feel like I'm one of those coaches up at the microphone saying, "No, no, you know, nobody's called. I don't have any interest." Uh, but the reality is the scope and scale of what we do, uh, that's my focus. And uh, I think Mark Emmert has had an impossible job. Uh, and I like jobs filled with possibilities, not impossibilities. Greg Sankey, greatly appreciate the time. I always enjoy our chats. Uh, I'd love to do them more frequently if you are up for doing it. I look forward to the season and, and beyond. Thanks for the time. I look forward to our next one. Thank and, you. Uh, it'll be here soon. So yeah. look forward to the fall. In Thank the you. rich in the rich eyes and wing that's currently being built at the Southeastern <laughs> yeah. we'll, Conference. We'll go put the nameplate on. Right. Thank now. you, sir. Greatly appreciate it. Oh, please, we you know we'll, it'll be sponsored. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's just fine. <laughs> Thanks for the time. 
Take care. Greg Sankey, the Southeastern Conference Commissioner right here on the Rich Eisen Show. I love talking to him, man. I love talking to him. You know, there's a standing offer for the Big Ten Commissioner to join this program. I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to get what's going on in, uh, in that yeah. neck of the woods. That's my neck of the woods. No, Rich, you, you were cool because you and Sankey, there was something about you guys sat next to each other rooting for opposite teams uh, uh, once. No, we were not rooting for opposite teams once. I no, sat, I'm saying I'm I, was in the, I was at the Super Bowl in Atlanta, Super Bowl 53, that we just talked about with uh, the MVP of that game, Julian Edelman, mm-hmm. just two days ago in yeah. studio. Sankey was sitting next to me. I was sitting next to him. And he was he said to me, you know, pointing out, because it's in Atlanta, I just what this is where the SEC championship game was. Do you know how many SEC players are on that field right now? Okay. And uh, I, I think he had the number uh, uh, ready, and it was a lot. As you might imagine. <laughs> it was a lot. I think it was in the 20s. <laughs> and then, of course, I said, you see number 12 in the Patriots, the guy who's got the most rings in the history of the, uh, of the sport? Big tenor. Michigan guy. <laughs> then we went to our separate corners sitting next to each other. And then Urban Meyer sat down in front of me, and I'm like, I'm surrounded. <laughs> All right, there's all six phone lines. Let We'll take them the best we can. When we come back, uh, Kyle Whittingham of Utah. Like, I can't wait to talk to him. Like, what's He's like, anybody want us? <laughs> right. What's going on? Hello. Boy, was I rooting for him hard in the Rose Bowl last year. All right, that's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, Five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 844 rich number to dial. Lonnie in L.A. has been hanging on since uh, the open of the show. How you been, Lonnie? Hey, man. How you doing? What's going on? Um, I've been waiting for this Deshaun Watson thing. We all have. So, now, this, whatever Deshaun Watson has allegedly done, if true, is horrible. But I've seen a lot. Okay. Hanging out with professional athletes. And I've known you've seen these things, too, that we just can't talk about. I've seen this. Most professional athletes, with the exception of a very few, have horrible taste in companionship. Well, so what's your point? So, so my, my point is some professional athletes need to have a mama, grandmother, or aunt be with them to keep them out of trouble and to keep these females away from them. To curtail, to curtail their behavior. But except this time around, he was the one he's the one who visited the females. He's the one who sought them out, Lonnie. Well, he's right, the one he's the one have, he's the one who was sliding into their DMs to say, Are you you know, can you can you uh let's find a spot so I can get massaged. 
You know, even though they're, they're even though their their professional credentials might not have been. You don't need to do that. Okay. You know, like that's so. Uh, so you you think he should not have been suspended, or uh, what? Well, uh, I have I have a. Well, I think he should have been suspended, mm-hmm. but in a court of law, well, he wasn't guilty. I know, and that's you know, I, that's, I guess see, that, that, that's the problem. But he's in, in a court of law. He wasn't guilty. That's but true. The NFL felt they had to do something. Well, it's their business. But what happens? What? How do you fix that? I don't know. Maybe you have to look at the court system, honestly. And I appreciate the call, Lonnie. You know, but if he wasn't guilty, why did he settle? <laughs> yeah. Let's right. go uh, to. He was guilty. Uh, let's go to John in uh, Louisville. What's up, John? How you been? I'm good, Rich. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a huge fan. Thank you, sir. Um, I can't disagree with that previous caller more. Um, I'm going to try to make this brief. I know you got other callers. Go but, for uh, it. No, you have the floor. Have it. I've been a Browns fan my whole life. I grew up in northern Ohio. Uh, anybody from northern Ohio knows that, I mean, I'm not from an emotional family. We don't hug and say we love you, but we watch Browns football together on Sundays. We have since I was eight years old. And that's been already taken away from me because no one in my family is going to watch Cleveland as long as Deshaun Watson's the quarterback. And I don't know, I'm a father of a little girl. And when I take my kids to football games or baseball games, you ought to see the look on their face when they want to go up and meet a professional athlete or their favorite player. And I just think, I feel bad for these women. I was hoping the NFL would do the right thing. Like, if any normal person gets a text or a DM from a professional athlete, especially a professional quarterback, someone as famous as Deshaun Watson, and they get offered a chance to meet him, to touch him, to do anything with them, they're going to jump at that. Okay? They're going to jump at it because that's like a dream of theirs. Every Everyday people don't get that opportunity. And Deshaun Watson pretty much treated these women like they were prostitutes. And it breaks my heart, man. I mean, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate this thing, but I've already got the Browns taken away from me. You know, I've been a fan since I was a little kid. I appreciate and, that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to get emotional, Rich, but this is like, this is wrong. It's wrong. And oh. now he comes out and says, he acted like there was nothing wrong the whole time. And now because he knows he's going to get caught and get be guilty, he comes out and says he's sorry. As a father of a daughter, this just breaks my heart. And I'm sorry to get emotional. No, it's fine. Show, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, anybody who calls in can can voice their opinion and, and get emotional and whatever, John. And I I appreciate the, the call. John in Louisville, Kentucky right there. I appreciate it. You know? And and Lonnie in Los Angeles is, is right. There are a lot of professional athletes who don't comport themselves very well at all. But that doesn't excuse anything. That doesn't excuse anything. And, you know, um, next hour, uh, we will play the um, sound bites of Deshaun Watson at his press conference today that is certainly going around the Internet right now. And um, and we'll hit that. And then also, I think Jimmy Haslam said, you know, people deserve second chances. And then even added, yeah, that you can, of course, you know, he's a star. You say that he's a star quarterback, of course. I mean, you just flat out admit it. It's going on there. But he'll have to deal with this Watson for the rest of his career, and the Browns will have to own it. They brought it on. They brought it on, and now he's not there for eleven games. But he'll be there in December. He'll be there in December. And how about his first games in Houston? Of all places. I mean, he thought the chance in Jacksonville were bad. It's coming. It's coming. Kyle Whittingham of Utah Football is joining us. What a great chat we just had with Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. Who You know, it, it, everything's on the table, man. And I'm, you know, it's it's going to take some time for others to petition the SEC to join them. And it's coming. And then there's the Big Ten. Where's Notre Dame going to wind up? And then what happens to the Pac-12 now that it's going to be the Pac-10 again? And then what if, you know, two more teams from the Pac-12 join the Big Ten? Can you have a team out west in the Southeastern Conference? Sure. 
The Atlanta Falcons played in the NFC West for years. Instead of the St. Louis Rams. Who cares about the geography? Cowboys play in the East. That's true. Forget about the Cowboys. We keep talking about everybody else these days. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham of Utah and more from Deshaun Watson's press conference coming up. So let's go to our friend Jeff in Detroit. How you been, Jeffrey? Hey, uh, what's going on? How's everything with you today? How you? Hold on one second. Let me get to where I can uh, hear you better. Where are you? Where are you? It's moving around. Jeff's moving. Where are you, Jeff? Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah, we heard you from the from jump. Where are you? Oh, okay. I was. I had to get to where I could speak a little louder. <laughs> Listen, man, I had to adjust my television set because I'm looking, and I'm like, my goodness, you look really good with a beard and a nice little hand. You look like Danny Ocean, man. I mean, honestly, just stay away from the Gilroy. I put on my hat for this conversation now. What's up? What are you doing, Jeff? (laughs) Hey, what's going on, TJ? I mean, Jeff. Yes, sir. The talk of the town here in Detroit is not only how bad the defense got torched in practice Mm. yesterday, but it's how good Matt Ryan is looking. If you're a Colts fan, Hey, look, you got something to look forward to. You know, I'm not a hater. I love this thing. It's getting ready to take place. The greatest reality show on earth is getting ready to take place, and I cannot wait. But Matt Ryan is looking really, really good, man. Well, look, Matt, I mean, and again, um, we're going to we're gonna have some time to discuss preseason football on the back end of hour number three because this, this, uh, this is the week where it all matters, but... I don't know. It, it, it's a quarterback-driven league. We'll see what Jared Goff can do. And, you know, the Lions, this is this is a step-forward year. We need to see him maybe, heaven forbid, draft out of the top ten and see how they can do. Uh, or shock us, right? Restore the roar right here and now. Um, I don't know. No, right. Great. <laughs> you know, right here and now. But thanks for the call, Jeff in Detroit. You be well, as always. One of our favorites here on the program. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. There's all sorts of of uh, folks who want to talk about the Deshaun Watson scenario and situation. You know, 844-204-RICH being the number to dial on the program. Kyle Whittingham's going to be joining us here on the show. And then we've got got you again on our phone lines. All right, so that's it for hour number two. Great chat with Greg Sankey. And then in hour number one, we had a terrific chat with Brian Winhorst of the ESPN NBA world. If you missed any of that, there's our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. But when we come back, Kyle Whittingham, the head coach of Utah football, and then more from Cleveland, Ohio.